Cougs House. The Houston Cougars look to keep the Bayou Bucket this weekend in another annual matchup with Rice. So I decided it's time to talk to someone that knows a little bit about this bucket. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who can't stop by, please be sure to hit subscribe down below. That way you can us on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. If that is where you found us, it is so good to see you again. Remember, we're doing a contest every 250 subscribers. We're doing a big one at 2,000. We're giving away a jersey with the Big 12 logo on it. We get there before the TCU game as the start of Big 12 play, and we're counting down the days. So hit subscribe to help us skip there. Like and comment so we know that you are in the video. And if after talking to our guest today, you have no idea what you want to say, tell us, okay, does a Pop-Tart more closely resemble a Hot Pocket or a Dry Ravioli. Now, today's guest is going to be Taylor McCarg. Now, he was the quarterback at Rice for a handful of seasons there in the early teens, late 2000s. He had to play against Case Keenan. We talked to him about all that and more about this week with the Bayou Bucket and get some insight on this game as he is a college football analyst. After all, without I'm talking too much. Let's jump on into it. And we are joined here at Locked on Cougs by former Rice quarterback Taylor McCarg. Taylor how are you doing this week? It's Bayou Bucket Week. It's an exciting time in Houston. Yeah, all good, man. Thanks for having me on. Doing all right. Uh, thinking, when you think back to the Bayou Bucket, um, what, first of all, memories of that game? We mentioned and we were talking a little bit beforehand. You were on the roster when they won one. There was a close. What, what memories stick out about the Bayou Bucket game to you as a Rice Owl? Yeah, I think, um, unfortunately, more negative than positive. Uh, a couple of those games when Keenum was still there, Case Keenum, huge blowouts, uh, 2009. And I think the other one was 11 that were just massive blowouts. And, uh, those were obviously not a ton of fun to play in 10. We won. That was, that was a lot of fun. I didn't play. I was hurt. And then 13, I don't think we played in 12 and then 13. Um, we were, uh, that was the best team that we had by far during, during my stretch when I was there. And it was also a year that U of H was not as good. And uh, we felt like we jumped out to a lead and ended up losing. You know, we had a chance late to tie it up or maybe take the lead. I forget. But that is, that's the one that sticks out the most because I felt like we really could have won that game. Uh, I'm not going to say we should have because we were down a couple scores in the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, that's the one that, that sticks out. That's probably the, the worst memory of all because that was – at least when I played in games that I played, that was our best chance to win. Well, and so talk, so talk me a little bit about 11. I don't mean to bring up bad memories, but when you're warming up for a game or getting ready for a game in game week or whatever prep we want to talk through, um, you know, Case Keenum's on the other side. You know that he's, I mean, he's a historic guy. As a quarterback, y'all never on the field at the same time, but analysts like myself will like pit it against quarterback against quarterback, right? Um, does that change your week at all? Is there any like, oh God, I gotta make like we gotta be on it this week because I know he's gonna score some points, or does it just is it a week a normal week or anything else? 
I think you, I mean, it's human nature to know, obviously, when you're going up against a team that's, uh, you know, it's same like this week, for example, Rice going to play Texas. Like, that's a top team in the country. It's a really solid defensive unit. Well, same thing for us when we would play Texas or Texas Tech or A&M. Um, you know, you have, you have, you know, going into it, you're going to have to play really incredibly well to even have a chance. Those early years when Keenum was still there, we all, we thought of it more as like, we're going to have to maximize our opportunities because we don't want this to turn into a shootout and we can't, you know, get into the red zone and not score. We can't turn the ball over much. You just knew that you had almost no margin for error. And um, I remember one, 2011 was the year that it was raining in the first quarter and we were up. I think we were winning at the end of the first quarter and then the rain stopped and Keenum threw for like nine touchdowns in that game. And they were all in the, I think the second quarter on. Uh, so no, I don't think it changes your prep in terms of I got to you know there's there's added pressure, but it does change you know from a situation standpoint and especially as a play caller for our offensive coordinators, you know there's different situations where you may go for it on an extra fourth down or uh, you may do things to try and again bleed the clock, play a little bit of keep away against an offense like U of H had because they were just I mean they were unbelievable when I it was Patrick Edwards that his name eighty three. The receiver, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had a bunch of other weapons, but I just remember uh, Patrick Edwards taking the opening kickback for a touchdown, and it felt like we there was, you know, you couldn't breathe uh, a lot of times against those those U of H offenses back in the day. Well, and I, I wasn't gonna bring up the seventy three point one, but you did. So, that, like, there were, you had both ends of that spectrum, right? Um, as this week gets ready, I, fans will talk a lot about the Bayou Bucket and the rivalry. But is it more about just another football game, especially when you are both in Conference USA, right? Is there is it more about the football game itself, or do you buy into that kind of stuff as a kid on the team? Yeah, no, there's definitely something to the – it's a rivalry. And it may mean more to Rice at this point than it does to U of H. I don't think – you know, in order for it to be a rivalry, it's gotta, there's got to be some back and forth. It's been a long time since Rice has won this game. But I, it's still a rivalry, and uh, it matters a lot. And Dana will tell you – you know, when we did this game last year, he talked about how the, the trophies outside of his office and he made sure his team was aware, you know, the implications and how much this matters. And um, I thought last year, especially Rice played really well. And that was a team that um, it was the most improved and the best team that Mike Bloomgren's had since he's been there last season. You know, it's too soon to tell, obviously, this year. But you could tell coming out and we did that game, uh, there was a lot of you know, effort and intensity on Rice's side. And uh, it's still the same thing this year as it was last year. And frankly, how it is almost every year, U of H has more weapons. They're deeper. They're more talented. But Rice has come a long way in the last five years coming from, you know, 2017, 2018. That was one of the worst teams in college football to get to a bowl game last year. And they feel like Last year and this year, there's definitely a shift in uh, really feeling like they have a chance to go win that game as opposed to, you know, they're a multi-score underdog and it's like, man, this is going to be, this could get ugly. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned last year's game. I, I we talked in pre about I remember watching that game last year and kind of looking up very suddenly as Rice scores in the fourth quarter, being like, Oh my God! It's a one-score game. Like it, it, it was kind of a slow, dull game uh, for a while, and then suddenly it's it's close. Uh, you know, frankly, had Nelson Seaton had a crazy fumble bounce right into his lap, it might have been a whole different deal. Um, 
Rice is going from that team to they, you know, keep McCaffrey and add JT Daniels. JT Daniels has been around the block. And as a quarterback, um, what did you see in either the Texas week or in his previous stops at, out of JT Daniels? And what does he bring to Rice? I mean, he's a very big name, I think, for a school that doesn't tell, always get that guy at quarterback. Yeah, I, I thought last week is uh, it's a hard week to to be fair in an evaluation for JT Daniels because Texas defensive line, in my opinion, may be a top five unit in the entire country. I think they're really deep. They're really good. And he didn't have you know, he really didn't have any time. And the downfield passing game uh, was pretty non-existent. I only got <clears throat> excuse me, only got sacked one time, but he was pressured basically all day. And he, you know, one of the positives was he got the ball out of his hand pretty quick. But they also there, there weren't a lot of plays to be made. So I don't think there's a ton that you could take from that opener. I think this will be you know the like I said a second ago. U of H is clearly talented, and, and they, you saw a lot of that on the defensive side and how they frustrated Frank Harris last week. But there is a difference between the Texas defensive line and their front seven and this U of H front seven. So I think it'll be a, a little better test um, or a little more fair test, I should say, for whether or not JT Daniels can deliver the ball downfield because that's what they're going to have to do. Under Mike Bloomgren, Rice has wanted to establish the run first and then have good play-action pass passing game off of it. Um, and that's going to be clearly the, the U of H is going to do everything they can to try and take that away and force Rice to beat them throwing the football, which Rice has not been able to do uh, for a very long time. <laughs> All right. So these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to have 100% certainty that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right candidates and people for your team faster and for free. For instance, if you can find someone with veteran experience and leadership that has been to a number of companies a lot like your own and been successful, like a guy named JT Daniels, you may want to hit up LinkedIn Jobs to find that kind of a candidate for your business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. When when you mentioned JT Daniels, good about getting the ball out of his hands. I So I, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game live. It was right before, so I had a little bit of time on Saturday to watch, but I've gone back and watched chunks of it since. Yeah. And I think by my count, Texas had like 12 D linemen all making plays. They might have made a sack or a tackle making plays. Very, very deep group. And I was impressed by how how quickly, like you mentioned, JT Daniels got the ball out of his hands. Is that a feature of the Bloomgren offense, or is that really more of a guy that's been around the block and played a lot of college football and him making plays kind of out of nothing? Yeah, it's. I think it's more that he's just a veteran guy. He's played a lot of football. And uh, he knows, especially in a game like that, he's not going to be able to get to, you know, three or four seconds in the pocket in most of the downfield passing game. He's not going to get to work one to two to three down to the check down. It's not, you're just not going to have that kind of time against Texas. And I think it's, you know, he, he's played a lot of football and knows for them to have a chance, he, he's going to need to take care of the football, get the ball out of his hands quick in a game like that, especially. And uh, he's not the most mobile guy, right? He's not going to take off and do a ton of running. So then you, you better get the ball out of your hand quick. Otherwise, it's, you know, you're taking shots and, and giving up sacks. We've talked about, you know, JTNs being in a lot of pressure, but I think, at least myself walking away after watching chunks of it to get ready for this week, 
a lot of people have reason to leave that game with positive thoughts on Rice this season. Um, and without going too much into my thoughts, you watch them from a Rice out perspective. What positive things did you take out of the Texas game? Because that, that's something I think you've got to do when you go into those kind of matchups. Yeah, I think the defense certainly looked good, especially in the first half. Uh, the offense put them in a couple negative situations as the game went on. But uh, I think Rice does have a, a pretty solid defense. And, and in the American Conference, I think they'll be a top half of the conference unit on the defensive side. On the offensive side, I think there were opportunities and plays to be made. There were a couple open shot plays that weren't hit. There were um, there was enough on tape on the offensive side that I wonder, and you don't, again, this is one of those things that you and I could sit here and speculate, but we just don't know until you get more tape. But how much uh, did that offensive staff limit what they were going to put on tape, knowing probably pretty unlikely that you're going to go or we're going to throw everything we can to try and go beat Texas. And then now we've got all our wrinkles on tape and we still, you know, lose by two or three scores. So uh, that's more what I'm interested in, in seeing this week, especially is this is a really important game for Rice and trying to get to uh, a bowl in their first season in the American. I mean, this is a game that they feel like they can win. I know they're a double digit underdog, or at least the last I looked, I think it was a 10 point underdog, but they feel like they can win this game. And in order to do that, you're going to have to – you can't line up and run base offense at, at U of H all day. And I go back to U of H looked strong against UTSA. I thought they did a really nice job of frustrating Frank Harris. And I, there, there was – the three interceptions in a row obviously did UTSA in. You turn the ball over against U, or against U of H three times, you're probably not going to win that game. But overall – uh, I do think there there will be more that we see from Rice's offense that they, they did not put on tape against Texas. Well, and they've got uh, quite a fun, and they have a handful of guys they could call tools to do with. But McCaffrey um, really did a number on Houston. I thought a year like he's had he's had pretty good games against Houston. Um, where do you see them doing with you know a guy like JT Daniels throwing the ball? Anything different than they've done with him in the past? Do you have any gadgets you would predict out of it, or is it just more he's really hard to cover one on one? Well, he had last year, he had the post over the top for a long touchdown against U of H. And he had a couple other plays that I remember in that game um, where he he got open and it was clear that he's one of the better players on the field. You know, we saw him line up in the Wildcat against Texas, which I thought was a little bit different. He's not the biggest guy. Um, and a lot of times your Wildcat back is somebody that you feel pretty confident running between the tackles. That's not, in my opinion, one of his strengths, but they're, again, Rice's staff is going to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands. So you may see more of that. Um, again, I, I don't know exactly what the wrinkles look like because we haven't seen them on tape yet, but lining up in 12 personnel and running right at U of H, that's not going to, don't expect that, right? If you're a U of H fan, don't expect Rice to just run right at Houston for four straight quarters and think they're going to get out of there with a win. There's going to be, we don't, again, we don't know what they are, but there's going to be wrinkles. Maybe it's more of the Wildcat. Maybe it's um, utilizing McCaffrey in ways that are outside of just putting him in the slot and trying to take him vertical. It's just interesting because it's not, it's not the same uh, size and speed gap necessarily that you faced last week. But there is also like a little bit. I mean, there's there are big twelve guys in the roster. We've done a, a job here on Locked On Cooks talking about how many Power Five transfers ended up at Houston. 
uh, kind of as a way for, you know, a chance to play in the power five or have more snaps in the power five or whatever. Um, when you see your own defensive line, though, and not to circle back to keep going back to the same thing, but they did have a pretty strong day against a power five offensive line. Are there names that stick out, things that stick out, schemes that stick out? What works so well for that group? Well, Josh Piercy is one of the better players in all of the American, and he's a really solid um, defensive lineman. Kind of, he does a little bit of everything for them in the front seven. But uh, Gabe Taylor on the back end at the safety spot, he came up, made a few really sound tackles um, as well, and he's kind of the emotional leader, as best I can tell from the from that unit. Um, overall, they they've just played a lot of football. There's a lot of guys on that back in that have been at rice for a long time and have, have had a lot of snaps together and they they also looked you know even in some of the plays that were given up against texas where they just got beat they're pretty assignment sound they're not uh they're not really young there's not a lot of, a lot of youth where you see guys just with blown assignments and they're running around and looking lost that that won't happen um if they get beat on the defensive side it's just that they got you know it was either schemed up nicely for whatever the play design was or it was just a better athlete that made a play. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see a lot of – you're not going to see a lot of Rice just having mental busts and people running wide open on their defense. Gotcha, because I feel like, you know, obviously Texas has athletes. on, And on this show I've talked about, like, I think Houston has a chance against Texas because Texas will always inevitably drop one to a team they shouldn't drop one to. And, why? you know, there's plenty of reason that that could end up being Houston because Houston's got some talent themselves. Um, when I look at this week's matchup, I think of, you know, Rice wanting to control the ball and things like that. If we, you know, I always say open up the paper, but no one actually opens up the paper anymore on Sundays. But if we open up the paper on Sunday and, and Rice has won the Bayou Bucket, what would it have to look like? Like, what's the story look like in that in that case? Yeah, I think it's similar to last year, right? It's um, Rice has to do most things right on the offensive side and play clean football, right? I mean, they can't have UTSA had three turnovers. And they, they outgained U of H by almost 100 yards, but three straight interceptions in the third quarter, you, I don't care who you are, you, you probably can't, even if it's Texas, you probably can't overcome that. Uh, in an ideal world, if you created a perfect storm for Rice to win, they have to create some turnovers. They need to win special teams. If they're going to have to punt in a drive stalls, it can't be three and out. It's got to be get close to midfield, pin U of H deep, make them go the distance of the field. And that's one of the things, you know, I thought Manjack played really well for U of H. Um, but I thought um, U of H lacked a little bit of explosiveness on the offensive side. There weren't a ton of chunk plays. There were some, but there weren't as many as you come to expect from, especially last year with Tank Dell and Clayton Toon. Now those guys aren't there. Uh, but if Rice limits the explosive plays, can create some turnovers, win time of possession, that's the type of game that it has to be, right? Rice can't – if this is uh, in any sort of shootout, Rice is going to lose that game almost every time to a team like U of H. All right, folks, the game is this Saturday, and while it is technically a road game, it is still in the city of Houston, and you can forget planning months in advance if you're trying to get there right now because the Game Time app has deals on tickets right up to the date of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on their app for tickets and football basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and all kinds of other things going on in Houston, Texas. The game time guarantee means you'll always have the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row 
for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of your seat beforehand so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. You got your tickets to the Bayou Bucket this weekend. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Make sure you snag the tickets without the stress at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 app. Game time app today. Uh, last second tickets, lowest price guaranteed. But there is a world where they frustrate U of H, especially with the running clock stuff now. If they can limit possessions, try and keep U of H to just, you know, four or five possessions in the first half. I think that's where you look up and, and U of H is frustrated and it's the second half and they're right there, and it's a one-possession ball game one way or the other. I think that's that's kind of the perfect storm for Rice. And then on the flip side of that, um, the inverse, I think that's interesting because I, I would assume that, you know, the the Rice of the world, like their game is being disciplined, right? That's the kind of school, frankly, Rice is. And so you could see how that would continue to unfold. But on the flip side of it, if you look at, you know, what can Rice not afford to, like, they, if they want to keep this thing closed, what can they not afford to have happen? What are they worried about? Houston doing after you watched them play UTSA last week? Yeah, it's shot plays. It's um, getting beat over the top. I mean, Manjack in the middle of the field did a really nice job, especially in some of the zone coverage where if they have, and you could say this in any game, this is probably a, you know, you know what kind of statement, but um, if they allow too many chunk plays and U of H stays ahead of the sticks all game, they don't have a chance. It's going to be incredibly difficult for Rice to win that game. But if they can limit explosive plays for U of H and make them really grind out 10 and 12 play drives all game long, that's where Rice has a chance. Um, I also thought, just from a physicality standpoint, I thought U of H was pretty impressive on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive line. I thought they – I thought that was a a piece that was maybe missing some last year that there especially later in the year. I mean we had we had Houston against Temple late in November and mm-hmm. Temple should have won that game. And that Absolutely. really it, yeah. it should have yeah, it just came down to in the trenches and up front and it was an attitude thing. Um and I did not see anything like that. And you shouldn't in the opener, right? There should be a ton of juice. It's a big game. There's a big crowd there. Um but it'll need to be like that again for U of H and on both sides for Rice as well. But I was impressed with U of H and their physicality up front. As you look at, so this is Rice's second game of the year, second game against a big 12 school. Um, but Rice, aside from adding some real talent in the off season is in a new American athletic conference is in, you know, creating their own journey and path in a new world out here. Um, and I, I don't see them as a whole lot. Unlike like, Houston moving into the Big 12 is a lot like Rice moving the American Athletic Conference in this like, you know, new field, new set of opponents, uh, you know, new goals, et cetera. What does the season look like after this for Rice? And how does this impact the rest of the year for Rice? Yeah, well, a win here changes the whole year for Rice because it gives them obviously a ton of confidence that they can beat really everybody else left on their schedule. Um, a close loss. Even I think still you, you there's there would still you would believe if you're a Rice fan or a Rice player certainly that there's still a lot of wins that you can go get 
what can't happen for Rice is they just get, you know, their doors blown off. I think that's where for a team that is, you know, coming off a, a big loss last week, and this is another challenging game in week two, they need to feel like they belong. And um, whether that's an outright win, which would obviously be great, or a close loss, they got to play well. Because after this, Texas Southern they should win that game at home. But then they go into a, a pretty tough stretch where they go to South Florida, who did not look nearly as bad against Western Kentucky as they did last year. They get East Carolina at home. ECU did not look great against Michigan. We'll see. They have UConn. They have at Tulsa. They have Tulane and SMU. So the schedule gets challenging in a hurry. And then they go on the road to UTSA later in the year. Um, It's a tougher conference, right? It's not Conference USA. Um, And they are going to need to, at some point, if they're going to make it to a bowl game, they're going to have to beat somebody that they're underdogs against. And they did that last year. They did that against UAB. They did it against Louisiana Lafayette. But they're going to have to do it consistently because they're going to be underdogs in a lot of these conference games. And a win over U of H, I mean, that totally changes the trajectory of their year, no doubt. Taylor, you're covering all of college football. We're talking about Rice because that's where you went. That's there's, there's some piece of you know nostalgia there and, and a little bit of your heart, I'm sure. But what are, what does your week two of college football look like? What do they got you going? What are you covering? Yeah, I'm headed to TCU, which uh, we, I'm like everybody else. I thought they would beat Colorado and thought, um, well, we'll see. We've got our, uh, we get up there for a, it's a Saturday night game against Nichols. And um, I'm sure TCU will be looking to bounce back after um, a pretty disappointing, really a a disappointing defensive performance um, against Colorado. But we're headed there for, Week two in Fort Worth. That's uh, Taylor McCarty having TCU this weekend, um, and you're working with CBS. I saw some ESPN work on the resume as well, bouncing all over the country. Before we get out of there, is there a trip on your schedule that you know that you're excited? About? I mean, TCU is a fun place to play, but I don't know if TCU Nichols is quite the game that you want to see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, it'll be fun to to get up there, um, and it'll be always fun to cover a, a Big Twelve team. Um, I've got one for people that have either forgotten this or just weren't aware of it. We're all, we all know Maction, right? Where the Mac plays games yeah. in November. Conference USA is, has adopted that for the month of October. So Conference USA is playing all of their conference games on weeknights, Tuesday and Wednesday night in the month of October. So I have Louisiana Tech against uh, Middle Tennessee on a Tuesday night. And Fine. I think it, it's just, I've never done a midweek game. Um, done a Thursday game, but I've never done a Tuesday or Wednesday night game. And I just think it's super unique. And, um, there's, there's three games on that night. And so if you're like, you know, probably you and certainly me, if I'm at home and there's a game on, I'm going to turn it on. I don't care what it is. Um, so that's a little bit unique that I think will be fun this season. Completely. The midweek games, the maxion, it's all fun for sickos like you and I. Like, just can't get enough of it. Totally. <laughs> awesome. That's Taylor McCarg. You can follow him on Twitter, the, or I guess we call it X now, but it's all, all those. It's uh, uh, Team McCarg16. It's on the screen also. Uh, thank you for stopping on today. And we say go Cougs wrap this up. I'm not going to make you say it, but we do say go Cougs. All right. Rice fight. <laughs> All right, so that's all we got for Taylor today. Taylor was awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by and being a good sport. Now, obviously, we want to see Taylor's Rice Owls go down. Taylor's Rice Owls following this may feel a little bit different. So tell us in the comments down below 
what got you here? Was it the Rice Owls and Taylor, or was it Houston Cougars? Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Locked on Cougars, primary Locked on Podcast Network, for a second listen of the day as they do head towards the uh, playoffs. And frankly, after the Rangers fun to begin the week, it feels more and more likely that they get there. Make sure you go check out Locked on Astros. Uh, those guys do a great job breaking out all things Houston Astros. And it's a fun time to be a Houston sports fan in the city right now. Remember, Locked on Cougs, primary Locked on Podcast Network. And that means your team every day. Go Cougs.